Welcome everybody to the Bill House Podcast. The Bill House Podcast. The Bill House Podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Robbie Villanueva, alongside the beautiful Ali Nicole Villanueva. What's up, babes? Hello. Let's get the show started. I was logging in about five minutes before it was supposed to start, but unbeknownst to me, that was about 45, 50 minutes after <laughs> he had started. He's like, oh, fine, there he is. And I was like, what? I, I'm right on time. My time. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> So what have you been up to? What's up with you? Not shit, man. We're in San Angelo right now. We're uh, both Holly and I uh, got assignment to teach tech school out here. So this is where the Intel Tech School's at. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming up on our four year mark, and then we're PCS and out to Herbert next. Or yeah, we're oh, we're in April still. So nice. That's funny because my homeboy, I literally just talked to him, him and his wife today. They're gonna watch my dog for me tomorrow. Um. He was a uh, he was A two he was Intel when I worked at uh, A four up at the Twelfth Air Force. Yeah, I did like counterterrorism stuff, and but of course we were Southcom signed to South South and Central America and uh, Caribbean. And just today we were talking, and then he was like, he said something about A two and Intel, and I was like, man, shut up! I said, <laughs> I think I'm about to get some, I think I'm about to get some good Intel, or y'all about to set me up before I go down here and do one. Of- my counterterrorism missions, and all I get is, can you let us know if you see traffic cameras? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you can see if you got traffic cameras. Like, what are you asking me for? You got eyes, motherfucker. That's that's common knowledge. (laughs) We know China's down there. What the fuck? We know it's their goddamn traffic cameras. When you come back, can you take pictures if you see any traffic cams? Like, bitch, you should already have the pictures of the traffic cams. (laughs) (laughs) stupid. You're not yeah, wrong. We try to push that. off our work on you, and then we take credit for it. I know, right? You get the intel through the cops, and then we come back and tear everything. So, Got to work yeah, smarter, not harder, uh, man. His name is uh, Ricardo Brown. He just made senior. He just put senior on life within the last year. Oh, nice. So, But now he's getting ready to go to – they leave June 1st, and he's got to go to training for like a year. And then he's going to go to – Fuck. Yugoslavia or some some crazy shit like that. For like oh, really? It's, it's not Yugoslavia, but it's like somewhere over there. I can't remember exactly where they're headed to. But yeah, like in the middle of fucking nowhere. And his wife, um, she just quit her job. And then she's going to go to training with him because she's going to train up to take a job at the embassy while he's going to be there. I forget what I'll I, 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 I tell you. But yeah, he's uh, he's an Intel senior master and he's going to go. But like he won't PCS for well to the actual location for like another year. He's got like four months of training in one place and then like six months of training somewhere else. And Ooh. I was like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like just to go to one base and retire a year later. It's fucking stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Didn't That's you go something. to a remote not to or like right before you retired? Um, not I, right I before, remember you posted my, pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the base before it before here i was at uh Thule, up in greenland greenland pretty that's much, what it was pretty, yeah pretty much the north pole <laughs> um and honest to god honest to god that was like my most favorite assignment no shit it looked like you were having yeah. a good time out there man with all the pictures you're posting yeah yeah that was like one of my favorite assignments and then um before i went up there a lot of people was like oh i know someone who was up there before now you don't know too many people that's been to Thule, um but um they said it was like their favorite assignment ever. And I was like, 
It's negative 50. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Like, favorite is time in my ass. And then I get up there for a year and I was like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> was it just the connections with the people? That- yeah. Yep. And I tell you, I hung out with like, well, it's only 150 Americans. So, and only Americans are Air Force. So it's not like it's other Americans up there, except for we had one or two that were contractors. But for the most part, the 150, 160 people, uh, Americans up there were all Air Force. And we were a detachment. So our parent uh, unit um, was um, Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado. So we were part of like that wing commander was our wing commander, but we saw him once and that was it. Um, But our base commander, which is technically the group commander, she was considered our commander. And it was pretty dope because um, Thule had been open since 50 something, like the 50s, whatever. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, it's been up there for a while. And uh, my grandfather was based out there when he was in the Air Force. No shit. So I was considered legacy when I went up there. Um, <laughs> I didn't get any perks. I didn't give me like free drinks and no shit like that. But I was considered legacy. But no, my base commander, uh, Colonel Kuva Badila, she was from the Congo. <laughs> say that again. Kuva Badila. That's a hard name to say. Kuva Badila? Kuvi, K-U-V. Oh, okay. Kuva Badila. Kuva Badila. Yeah. But she was, since since the base opened in the 50s, she was the first black commander and the first female commander. Oh, all at so once. She, she hit, yeah, she hit both of them at one time. And, I, you know, I thought, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, since 53 or 54, you mean to tell me there was not one woman or one black person or Hispanic person, Latino person that was selected to be the commander up here for a year. And this is a spot that nobody wants to fucking come. You would think they would send all the black and, black and brown people up here just to get them the fuck out the way, you know? Like, no, no, no. Trailblazer, man. <laughs> like, holy shit. What no, if they did guy. try to get them and then they were just like, nah, fuck that. I ain't going out going there. there. You know, I can see that too. I can see a black man be like, I'm going to send my black ass up to the North Pole for a year. People do, people do cold like that. Hell no. I wouldn't want to go because I'm a bitch when it comes to cold. You know, we got sickle cell running through our blood. By blood. We can't be up there in the freezing temperatures. No, but it was. It was like it was like my number one assignment. Lackland being my number two, but Thule was my number fucking one assignment. Like, I would go back just to visit. I'll go back in a heartbeat, but you can't. If you're not part of DOD, you can't go up there. Did y'all yeah. get to, I mean, I don't really know what's, it looks like barren. Do you get to go out and just explore and shit? Yeah, it's really barren. Um, there are no roads. Um, and then the roads that we do have are, dope, are dirt roads. Um, there's no base perimeter or fence line um, because it'll get blown down or broken and it costs too much money for repair. Um, the nearest town is about 60 to 70 miles away. So you have the base and then you have all this open land around it that we just go out and we call it Thule tripping, but you really just like exploring. That yeah. is fucking going, nuts. Going, up, going down in old silos that are like frozen over. So like if you can imagine like your, your door frame, yeah. And, you know, when you walk through the door into your bedroom, imagine three quarters of that is filled with ice. 
So only like the top quarter is open. So when you like go down to the silo to visit, you know, explore, you're literally on your on your stomach sliding through because you just got the top of the ice and then the top of the door frame. Hard pass. Like <laughs> no thanks, man. Just to go and explore and you gotta have like your headlamps on and stuff and we saw polar bears. Oh no um, shit. This is where race comes into play because they wanted me, because I was an operations superintendent out there, and they wanted me to go out with my cops and the Danish cop to scare off the polar bear. And I was like... You got me fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell no. Polar bears are like the most dangerous of all the bears. I know. I was like, I'm not getting out this fucking car. And this bitch is with two cubs. Oh, she's oh hell no. Her. I'm not getting out of this car. And then what do we have? Nine mils and M16s. What the fuck is that going to do? That's going to do anything piss but off. piss that polar bear off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Unless you take a direct shot to the eyeball, she just pissed off. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. So, but yeah, we saw a couple polar bear and um, they got these animals up there. They're called uh, musk ox, M-U-S-K. And then the second word is O-X. So it's like a musk ox, kind of weird to say. Um, they don't look like cows at all, but they are very like equivalent to like our version, of, like cows. Like they don't do anything. They're not hostile. They're scary as fuck. If you get within a mile of them, they all run off. Or uh, when you do see them, they're just sitting in the middle, like grazing in the middle of a field, or you know, like eating shit. <laughs> they don't do anything. But the locals, the Greenlandics, they would uh, during hunting season. They, they were allowed to come on base because it's technically their land. So they were allowed to come on base and they would like hunt polar bear and hunt seals and hunt the muskox. And they would like skin the mus- muskox for like rugs, coats, blankets, stuff like that. And then they would hold like a little fair and it was like a week, like a weekend where they would let us get on the sleds and let the dog sleds like pull us around in the snow. Hold and then if they, if they uh, kill like polar bear, they would take like a polar bear paw or like their um their their nails and like drill holes in and make little necklaces out of them and sell them to us. Um, Did you get one? I got a polar bear nail, and then I had a mini Christmas tree for like your office desk. Yeah, that was made out of seal skin and it had like artificial lights on it. That's so, fucking nuts. <laughs> I know because I didn't I didn't realize that seal skin was actually kind of furry. Oh, it's like furry. So okay. I didn't pain. know that either. I thought it was just like yeah. smooth. I thought so too, but no, it's actually kind of furry. So I guess you never see them when they're not wet. So you would never like yeah. see the fur because they're always wet. So it would just look yeah. slick. Like water off a duck's back, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then of course we had, we had like four, four and four. So it was always four months of darkness. And then it was about three to four months of it transitioning back to daytime. So you got some of the daytime and nighttime until it finally transitioned all the way to straight daylight. So it was like four months of darkness, three to four months of transitioning, and then four months of daytime, and then three to four months of it transitioning back, and then four months of darkness. So it was like a constant. Did did um, that fuck up your sleep schedule? You know, I thought it would, but it didn't. And then, you know, a lot of people say some people get affected by that with like depression and stuff like that. So yeah. we gave us like these these light lamps in our room, light lamps in our offices, and then they prescribe you like vitamin D pills and stuff from the med group yep. um, to like combat that. But honestly, either A, that shit worked 
or B, we were all depressed, so no one knew that somebody else was depressed. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't feel like it's like I we're in this like, together. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I saw like one random person. We were like, ah, it's twenty four hours of darkness. They're they're getting depressed. It's like no, everybody was just getting drunk and partying and going to work and uh, having a good time. And it was you, you had to be like real strategic though, because you only had one plane a week, so you only got mail once a week. So if they were like, hey, for Halloween, we're going to throw a party at the club and at the base club and it's going to be um, hol- like Halloween, like Michael Myers themed or, you know, nobody can dress up in angels and not in clowns and stuff. It always has to, everyone has to be a, a scary movie character, like your favorite, you know, killer or whatever. Well, you have to be strategic about that because it's like, well, if the party's going to be on a Sunday and we get a plane every Friday and that's it. And then, of course, if you order on Amazon, it may be the wrong size. You might have to send it back. So people are in, like, April and May ordering Halloween costumes because <laughs> it may take forever, you know, by the time October hits. You need enough time to send stuff back. So That's, great. Yeah, you have, that's you too have, much planning for me. to just be like, hey, I'll be there in my Santee. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Because we also did a murder mystery. You know, one of those games where, like, it's like a dinner. Yeah, yeah we did sudden, one of those boom. for New Year's a, a few years ago. It's oh, yeah? awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really awesome when you just got a Walmart up the street. But, like, when, you, <laughs> when they're assigning you characters, and I got And out of all the fucking people, they made my black ass the drug dealer. So, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so now I'm on Amazon ordering, like, these fake tattoo sleeves and shit like that. So uh-huh. I can wear that and fake gold teeth and stuff like that. And I'm like, I got to order now, bitch. It's in three weeks. I got to hurry up. You know? <laughs> oh, dude, I would have gotten all that. I would have got myself a grill and shit. Hell yeah. I did. I did, and uh, and then we got a uh, an escape room like a kit. We got we got a couple of sent up there, and so like we had fun. You know, if we got snowed in, like if it was like a bad winter storm, um, and winter up there is like it's during the twenty four hours of darkness, so it's not only dark outside, but now it's snowing all the time. Yeah. It's about negative fifty to negative seventy. Uh, and even in the darkness, you can have a whiteout because the wind is like 70, 80 miles an hour. So Damn. you get a whiteout really quick. So whenever we had that coming, um, they were announcing to all the buildings um, that everyone had to leave work and go to your room like ASAP um, because they can't have like a loud, like a giant voice because it'll freeze. Yeah. So they had intercom systems in all the buildings. Um, so when you got that call, you had to hurry and get back to your room or she was stuck at work. And what we would do is we would go back to the dorms and uh, we would all meet up in the day room. We would put on pajamas and we all meet up in the day room at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And it's just a potluck. If I got pickles and shrimp <laughs> in my refrigerator and you got just pizza bring what you got. and pot roast, we're all bringing it and we're bringing whatever beer and liquor we have. And we're all in our pajamas and we're just getting drunk and eating and fucked up and playing games. And that was it. it sounds like being an airman again, man. <laughs> 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 it was but it the was. real so, yeah, question that, did you ever yeah. see the northern lights out there twice man i want to see them so much nice. that's like one of the best places to see them isn't it yes it is uh actually you can when you're at tule don't put when me when you're on. at tule you are actually north of the northern lights you have to actually look or travel south to go see them oh dang like that's how far north you are and then one thing that i realized that i didn't know is that uh, when you see them in person versus when you take a picture of them, there are some lights that show up or some colors that show up on the picture that you don't see with the naked eye. 
Oh, wow. Like I have pictures and I saw like the green and a little bit of red. And so the guy took a picture for us and we're all blacked out. We like silhouettes because it's so dark and we got the northern lights behind us. And come, it was like fucking violet. It was purple in there. And I was like, where the fuck did the purple come from? And it was like, <laughs> like a lot of stuff you don't see that the camera picks up. And I was like, that's, that's so crazy. Dope. So it's not yeah, as it's like, extravagant like in person? It is. It's oh. really surreal. It's so surreal. Did it make you like um, have vertigo? No. No, like I'm no. I don't even remember what her job was, but one of the people I worked with at Hurlburt before, um, she said in Alaska, like when she would drive and she would see them, they would make her almost like have vertigo because really? you because you can see them moving. Yeah. So I saw her moving, but I didn't see him moving that much. No. You know, it wasn't like it was like a constant like like misty, okay. smoky wave, whatever. I mean they were moving a little bit, but for the most part they it seemed a little bit stationary. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I do know what kind of took away from it believe it or not is that it was fucking cold yeah. and it was like <laughs> they're beautiful get back in the truck you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, shit it was like it was like negative 60 out so oh, like so how long can, how long can like you be out there part. when it's that cold um five to seven minutes if that long Thanks. And then it's like, I got to go. And then all the vehicles, you have to plug them in to keep them heated. Um, but some of them, you couldn't do it with your gloves on because of the way the, the rubber was around the, the male and female part. Like the, the stationary plug was male and then you had the female attachment onto the car. But sometimes you couldn't like actually fit it in there correctly. So you have to take your gloves off. And I had to do that one time. Fuck so I took that. one glove off and I was like trying to get it and locked in. And I couldn't, so I dropped the shit and I ran inside because my hand was frozen after about two minutes. And then I let my hand warm up, and then I went back out and I fucking got it the second time and plugged it in. I was like, son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) You are a better man than I because I've been like, well, I guess that thing's fucked. (laughs) I know. And I was scared because I was going to do it, but I was like, fuck it. But I was like, no, I can't because, again, I was operations superintendent, so I had my own police car. And if anything happened... I needed to be one of the first ones on scene. Obviously, other than the the flight chief that was working that shift. Yeah. Like I was all the flight chief, all the shift supervisors, I was their boss. So if there was a gas leak or anything, I had to be there right away. And I was like, and the last thing I need to say is my car froze. Like I can't <laughs> I can't say that. So I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> Did they give you like um like specific winter gear or like a stipend yes. to buy it? They gave us specific winter gear. They gave us um, the OD green, solid OD green colored um, pants that have suspenders on it and they zip up. And then the coat with the hood with the fur around it. The one like from, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Urban Legend, the killer with the, <laughs> on the campus. They had the fur fur hoodie yes. with the axe. It was the exact same coat. Exact same. <laughs> exact same coat. And then they give you tracks to put on your shoes. So they're like these uh, metal metal tracks that you put on the bottom of your shoe. You just strap them um, on, or, or they slide on. No, that's what they refer to. Started from sliding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were like, uh, I have a picture. I have a picture of me wearing it. I can send it to you. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was quite fucking quite fucking cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can say that. And then summer though, summer was weird because it was like twenty degrees. But because there is no humidity up there and it's hardly any wind in the summertime, um, 
20 degrees there felt like 40, 45 degrees here. So it's like still cold, but you got to remember when you just spent four months and negative yep. 50 and now it's 20, that's about a, what, 70, 80 degree difference. Yep. So, you know, I'm not saying I was in a t-shirt. I did have some friends that was in t-shirts and shorts. Crazy so, But I, I didn't wear that, but I could confidently go outside with a pair of jeans and a hoodie on without any like long johns underneath or like layers. Like I can literally wear just a regular pair of jeans and then like a t-shirt with a hoodie on top and felt just fine in 20 degree weather. Um, but I know that being from Chicago, if I try to wear that in 20 degree weather in Chicago, I'll probably be freezing. With all the wind out there. Yeah, but that's because I wasn't sitting in fucking negative 60 for, for four months either, though. So. <laughs> yeah, you fucking adapt to that shit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then we have, we did, we did have a few Intel folks up there. And they work with our Air Force and Canadian um, um, satellite missile, missile guys. Okay. And this was a year or less before we officially had a Space Force. So we were still technically just Space Command. Mm. Um, I think Colonel Kuvi Badila was one of the last Space Command commanders. Uh, no, the commander took over for her. He was the last Space Command commander. After that, it turned over to Space Force. So, but yeah, we had a few Intel guys. I love the Canadian dudes. There's only like five Canadians. Um, about 150 Americans. And then everyone else, because there's like 500 people on base. Like everyone else was Greenlandic or Danish. Because Greenland's owned by Denmark. Okay. Damn, that's so, nuts, man. I mean, 500 people is a lot of people, but in a, just a small place like that, it's not that many. Yeah, it's cool, but then it's like, it's a curse too, you know, because you can imagine, you've probably been deployed, you know, deployed before too. Like when you're in a deployed location, even if it's just for six months and it's just like four or 500 of you, it's cool because everyone knows everyone and, you know, everyone gets along and uh, for the most part anyway. And, you know, there's like really no stranger and stuff like that. But then on the flip side, everyone knows everyone. <laughs> everyone knows business it's and, like a small town, man. And then you're like, who the fuck told you that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even tell nobody that. How the fuck do you know? You know, or it's that you know, nosy ass neighbor, so man. Yeah. And it sucked. It sucked to be in a superintendent because, um, Finance had one airman, um, and then the group had one airman. So finance had a senior airman, and then the group had a senior airman. And then in security forces, I was in charge. I was the the supervisor for like 46 airmen. And those are the only airmen on the base. No one else had airmen. Everyone was staff sergeant or above. And so... You know, when I want to go to the club and get fucked up, you know, <laughs> I can't because my airmen are there and none of the other master sergeants or above like had that problem. They didn't have airmen at all, you yeah. know? And I'm like, ah, so what I would tell my flight chiefs, I'd be like, hey, which one of y'all flights are off this weekend? They'd be like, Alpha and, Dar- and Delta flight. I'm like, Alpha and Delta, enjoy your weekend, enjoy your time off. But on Saturday, I would be at the club. So I suggest Saturday y'all go to the bowling alley or find something else better to do. Because <laughs> I, because Uncle Sergeant Lyles needs to lose his shit for a day, and I can't do it if your fucking airmen are there. So you flight sergeants need to go take them bowling or some shit. Have a dorm party. I don't give a fuck. Underrated. Just don't, care. Just don't be at the club. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, so I had to make some of those type of arrangements. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, man. You had a shitload of responsibility out there with all these airmen. Did they? Uh, so did they do typical airmen shit and get in trouble all the time? No, all the t- well, they did. But because we're so close-knit, a lot of things that would have been in trouble, people were just like, don't fucking do that again. And, you know, if we were in California or fucking Florida, they probably got an LOR UIF or yeah. some shit. You know, like there's one kid, he got an LOR because he got drunk and he went around, started punching people's vehicles and he broke a window and they gave him an LOR. Well, all right. That's like a wild thing to do when you get drunk. That's like some drug shit. I mean, but that's not the worst shit that can be done. No, it's not. But like. No. And this dude was a staff sergeant. Oh, all right. He wasn't even one of my airmen. He was a staff sergeant. (laughs) And calm, I think. Big aggressive looking dude, too. And I was like, what the fuck? Why would you go? And then my commander was coming home and saw it and stopped him. And he cursed out my commander. Nice. And my commander was like, I'm not really taking the personal. I can tell he was extremely drunk and he was inebriated. I've seen him not drunk. I know his personality. He wouldn't have done that. Like, just because he's like, so I I, I just went direct with his commander. I gave him a pass and the commander ended up giving him an L.O.R. Well, that's pretty badass. I'm pretty sure that would have been an Article 15 anywhere I else. To, where I was like, fucking take him down. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Ben at the North Pole don't negate you from a 15? Like, the fuck? Damn, he got lucky. And maybe I was just taking the person because it was my commander. And I was like, yo, curse on my commander. You curse on your commander. Bitch, you don't curse on my commander. <laughs> <laughs> Fat fuck. <laughs> Oh shit! That's because um, most of the security force commanders up there that is over the squadron, they are ninety nine point nine percent of the time that's their first command. Hmm. So me and the senior, okay. So to put in the context, in the states on a regular squadron, the operations superintendent is a senior master sergeant, and then you have the chief that's the SFM security forces manager. But up there, because it's so small. They grab me as a master sergeant to do the senior job, and yep. then they put the senior in the chief job. So you had me and the senior, and there's no there's no XO or anything like that. It's just me, the senior, and then the commander, who was a captain when he got up there, and he put on major while he was there. So it's between me and him to kind of like groom him and guide him to be a you know a command a first time commander. Yeah. Um. So from that, yeah, I got a little protective over my commander because <laughs> you know because I knew a, a lieutenant colonel. Exactly. You know, and a lieutenant colonel, Colonel, who the fuck you talking to? And they would have threw his ass to the wall. But this fucking major who's only had on major for like four minutes, he's like, uh, I know him when he's sober and then he wasn't the same person. And I just went, I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Since he was so unaware of what was happening, you could have punched him in the shit and he wouldn't even remember that. that (laughs) And then then let him go. (laughs) Beat that motherfucker down. And then and just say, give him the say, slap on the wrist. And say you found him like that. You know? <laughs> I don't know. The cars the were car back. back. <laughs> yeah, he must have pissed off one of the Canadians. <laughs> no, they're the sweetest people in the fucking world. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. Blah. I know, right? That's not a stereotype either. Those Canadians are fucking sweet. They're fucking sweethearts. Yeah. Like, I cannot ever be mad at one of the Canadians. <laughs> Plus, it was on like five of them. They were outnumbered. Even if they wanted to be assholes, they were like, it's not that many of us. We should probably just shut up and call it. Yep. But, so they yeah. would just be smart about it. They're playing a long game. Yep. They was always ringing the bell. So at the bar, they had a, a bell. You ring it once. Uh, you're buying around for your people. 
uh, you ring it twice. I forgot what twice was, but you ring it three times. That means you're buying shots. Oh, you ring it twice. You're buying shots for everybody at the bar. You ring it three times. You're buying shots for the entire club. And those Canadians was one, two, and three. The ding, 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 ding. It's like, yeah, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> They're going broke, but I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Canada. Fucking nice-ass people. Like, you couldn't get mad at them. Yeah. That was cool, though. I did, like, if you ever get a chance to PCS, but I don't think you are, though, right? After you PCS here, nah, this, probably it. this might be our last one. Yeah. Yeah. Until yeah, she, no. until oh, she makes know. Chief. He's going to make senior this time, and then we're going to move again. No, hey. I, it don't matter. They could give me chief and be like, you can pin on tomorrow. And I'm be like, August 22nd, 2027, she is fucking gone. Right at the 20-year <laughs> mark. Do you remember we were in BMT and uh, CMS on Baron uh, uh, at uh, Standerval? She made chief, but she got out. She didn't put it on. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. going to be me. Fuck that. Yeah. I am done with this shit at 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about her. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's insane. I, I talk to her every once in a while. I have her on I have her on, on Facebook. Somehow she was really really sweet to me, even when I was in MDC. I used to see her curse on MDCs all the time and yell at them and everything. And there was there was at least two times like I legit did something wrong. Like I legit was wrong. Yeah. And she was like, hmm, it was an honest mistake. And I'm like, why is she so nice to me? Like that was that was That's more unheard of in BMT. <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't know, man. Fucking BFT was a different world. But I, I will say, you were like the first person when I got there that actually treated me like a person. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this is nice. Yeah, I was the only one, though. It's <laughs> that one guy that had you like yelling around the whole thing. Uh, Sergeant Barry. You remember Sergeant Barry? He's a chief now. Yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah, he was actually right down. I don't know if he's still there, but he was down the road at Dias. Guess who, guess who FaceTimed me yesterday? Who's that? Fucking Reyes, Koyan, and Sergeant Loretta. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. I think yesterday was his birthday, and they were over his house drinking, and then I got a FaceTime from him. I haven't had a FaceTime or a phone call or a text message from him in over a year. So I thought something happened. I thought, oh, oh God, gosh. somebody passed. Something yeah. I, I, I turned on the FaceTime, and it's him. Koyan was right here, and fucking Reyes was on the other side. And it's like, what's up, bitch? And I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That was literally just yesterday. Damn. Oh, so all three of them are in San Antonio. <laughs> yep. Dang. Yeah, when when Koyara retired, she stayed in San Antonio. I didn't know Reyes was in San Antonio, though. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I didn't know Loretta was in San Antonio. Yeah, so, I knew he was, was out the there. Every once in a while, I talk to him on Facebook, but that's about oh, it. Okay. And Koyara, I haven't seen her since BMT. I know. You know, as close as we were, when I talked to her last week is the first time I talked to her in like six months. Damn. Like, we don't really talk a lot. Yeah, we went. Uh, I was thinking about you guys uh, a few weeks ago because uh, we went to Cracker Barrel. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I remember this was our spot. And then Koyan was like ordering all this food. Yeah. I was like, yeah. she just ordered everything on the menu. Yep, yep. And I just messaged her because a few days ago, for the first time in forever, I went to Red Lobster, oh. and I know she always did Red Lobster, and she always ordered her dessert first. <laughs> she yep. didn't do a salad first. She did her dessert first. And I was yep. like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just did real often and I, I thought about her. But I don't know if you know, uh, I don't know if you remember Hemingway, Robert yep. Hemingway. Yep. He came over as. So he's like one of my best friends. And uh, I still, I talk to him like five times a week. But I was supposed to be there this coming week or this coming weekend. 
but I had to divert up to Chicago because one of my longtime friends had a death in the family. So I diverted from San Antonio to go up to Chicago. But um, yeah, I was going to stay at his place. He's got a daughter now. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> like taking the time away from he don't need no motherfucking kids. He just don't need my kids. <laughs> I'm not really sure how this little girl's gonna turn out. Oh gosh. Gonna, no. I don't know. But yeah, I talk to him every day and we got we got fucking matching tattoos. Oh really? I didn't yeah. know y'all were that close. Why, he wonders why his girlfriends one of his girlfriends broke up with him because she said we were too close and I don't know a straight guy that's that's close with another gay guy you guys must be having sex together oh and gosh him. and he was like she's fucking nigga and I was like nigga, we got a tattoo together like this is not <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's kind of valid and, and, and suspecting <laughs> what's going on with you okay what did y'all get <laughs> um I got a ninja tattoo and so but I got a ninja tattoo a while ago and it says, it's okay, I'm a ninja. But I got my, like, near my fucking crotch area. But years later, he and I were going to the tattoo shop to get other tattoos. So I got a lily pad, and he ended up getting the same ninja tattoo that I have. So, but I got, did did he get in the same place? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and I was yes, like... You know, I thought you were doing the ninja thing. I was like, oh, I don't oh, know no. part of this. Oh, yeah. Get that shit yeah. out of here. But yes, yes, you end up getting in the same place. Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I can see why the girlfriend's a little bit yeah. suspicious. <laughs> this is taking a weird turn. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking ignorant. She's like a straight guy in the game, Kevin Friends. Like, I don't think that's what she's worried about. <laughs> yeah. She's worried that you're getting the same tattoo that I have in the same tramp stamp spot. It's, you know? Wait, is that that's a tramp spot? Uh, tramp, oh, tramp no, stamp. tramp stamp is just on your back. I know that like one. I didn't know if it was yeah. okay. Like wherever the elastic from your underwear sits on your hip, it's like right below that line, mm. like right there. <laughs> and that's just like where he got his. And I was like, "You're." A I mean, I'm bag. like a confident married woman, and I would be like, "That's fucking weird, man." <laughs> what the yeah. fuck, bro? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But imagine being just the girlfriend. Like, oh yeah. Fuck? Yeah. Like, I need to know details. Here. So, so initially it was a tattoo. She was not happy about that. But then I PCS to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then um, I had like this bad, bad. I mean, I never had a breakup this bad. It was a bad breakup. Like I was about to swing. I did swing over I swung that motherfucker. Like it was a bad breakup. Damn. And so like I, I called him and I was like pissed off and I was like, Dennis motherfucker this and blah blah blah. And then of course I cried a little bit, but it was more like out of anger, you know? Yeah. I, like, oh, Frustration so cries. Bad. And so he was like, bet. And so like three days later, he jumped in his car and drove from San Antonio to Albuquerque. Which, that's cool, you know, but that was the last straw for her. She was like, nope, fuck that. <laughs> I got plenty of girlfriends who have breakups, and I don't fucking fly to Florida for them. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I just want to tell us, I'm prettier. I don't know what to tell you. Where am I kidding? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, um and then uh who else? Stasha. Hmm. Stasha Smith and then Aisha Perry. Um Well, I don't know who that is. 
um, Aisha Perry, she was in 326 with us. She usually used to, um, she used to push a lot with, um, God, what was the Asian dude's name? Clevenger? Skinny Asian guy with glasses. No, not Clevenger. So Yost. Yost. Ooh, I think this was before my time. It was not. <laughs> it was not before your what? Because I was there from 2012 to 2014. That name is familiar to me, Yost. Yeah. Like, I don't know who it is, but the name is familiar. <laughs> now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But where did you go to after you went to Beast? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they shipped me off but, to Beast. But yeah, uh, Aisha Perry, uh, Sar- Sar- Kendo, Kara Kendo. Yep. I don't remember her. Yeah. Um, um, and there's a couple other, too. Anyway, they all they all came out here for the um, the retirement ceremony, which I really wasn't expecting. You know how it's like you send out invites to all these people, but you don't. But it's weird because some people you expect to be there, they don't, and then the people that you thought it's just an invite to be courteous, yeah. they actually pop up, and you're like, "Holy shit!" You know. Yeah. <laughs> so Perry and Kendall were one of the ones that I was like, "Hey, well, welcome," you know. Yeah. Um, but I feel bad because the reason I was going to San Antonio was because Colonel Valenzuela's retirement ceremony is on the 6th. But my friend in Chicago, her mom's funeral is on the 6th. Mm. And so I had to call. And Colonel Valenzuela wanted me to be one of the ones folding, folding his flag. Oh, really? So it, was, it was really tough. But I had to like FaceTime him and Miss Bunny and be like, hey, I'm not going to make it. You know? Yeah. But, you know, I just told her. I was like, I'm like... um, that's like my oldest, oldest friend, like from birth. And I'm not exaggerating, like literally from birth. She's born two months before me. But at the time we both were born, we were literally next door neighbors. She lived in apartment 306. I live in apartment 307. And we went to preschool together, kindergarten together, high school together. Uh, we had separate prom dates, but we went to prom together. Um, her kids called me uncle. So you can imagine growing up next door to her and having all that time with her. Her mom, obviously, is like my mom. Yeah. And, you know, it was like that closest was like, I get in trouble and I can't have company. That didn't mean her, though. Like, she could still come <laughs> over, but like all my other friends can't come over, you know, and vice versa. Or, you know, my mom and grandma say, hey, we're going to go to the swimming pool or go to the park. They would even ask me if if I wanted Tasha to go. They would just go next door and tell her mom, like, get her bathing suit. We're taking kids, you know, and vice versa. You know? Yeah. So, so for her mom to unexpectedly pass away. Um, you know, I was like, man, that's like my mom, you know, and, you know, like I told Colonel Valenzuela, I can't see myself and I don't want to diminish the retirement ceremony because it is big and significant, but I can't see myself down here in San Antonio partying and having a good time and celebrating when my oldest and my very first friend is literally in Chicago the same day, like mourning her mom and I'm not there. Like I, I, that, that I cannot do that. And yeah. no. So luckily, Colonel Valenzuela was like, nope. And if I knew that was going on and you didn't go, I would think you were a different person. Like, that's where you should be going. So I was thankful that he was okay with me missing the ceremony. But I was like, bro. But but he was the one officiating my ceremony. So that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. They're, yeah. they're out in D.C. now, aren't they? Or something like that? They're in San Antonio. Oh, they're staying there? Yeah. I think they had an assignment up there at one point, but they're back in San Antonio now. Um, are they still at BMT? No, no. no. But I don't know if you remember their daughter Angel, the little girl. I don't think I ever met any other kids. Ooh. Is that a good or bad? 
Uh, indifferent. I don't think it's good or bad. It's just a complete 180 from what I expected her to like kind of turn out to be. Yeah. Like she is very trans, very masculine. It's got a girlfriend. Her voice is real deep. Uh, it's got neck tattoos and you like you just when you know Valenzuela and Bunny, you just don't see that kid growing up with a neck tattoo and you know, <laughs> you know looking homeless and you know out here fucking you know smoking weed like you just don't expect that yeah. to be you know because their kid John Michael he's one hundred percent opposite one hundred percent he's a fucking good boy and he's going to college and he's all straight and narrow and Andrew just out here just wow just <laughs> running. Running through, running through girls and and getting tattoos and all type of shit. And I'd be like, living their best life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think they. You know, I honestly, I don't really think they like care. You know, I don't think they're all like up in arms about it. I'm just saying, from the outside looking in, I would have thought that Angel would have been like this, you know, little girl that you know did what she was told and stuff like that and. That is not the case. That bitch was like, I'm going way to the left. <laughs> was, I was like, good God. To each their own, man. She added me on TikTok, and I didn't know that was her. I had no idea that was her. None whatsoever. I thought it was a dude. And I was like, who the fuck is this? But the face looked familiar. And I started watching the TikToks, and I was like, is that Angel? So then I looked at some of her followers and stuff like that, and sure as shit, Miss Bunny was one of them. I was like... Oh my God, that is that is Angel. <laughs> I don't think she goes by Angel anymore. I'm like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, uh, that's too much, man. What what year did you retire? It was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it? And it's been a year yet. I retired in August. Ah, so it wasn't even that my, long. My ceremony was in June, but my official retirement date was August first. How do you feel? You love it? I do now. At first, I didn't. I'm not going to lie. It was a tough transition. It was a tough transition. Hey, it was a it was a tough transition. Snapping at your dog like a trainee. <laughs> <laughs> My dog is actually snap trained, by the way. I love it. I say, come here. I snap twice, and he knows that means come here. Nice. <laughs> I just have flashbacks. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, and and look, I'm in my spare room. There he is. <laughs> a little tiny dog. I do. I wanted a, you stink. I wanted a, a giant schnauzer, but they're not hyperallergenic. For some reason, only the miniature ones are hyperallergenic. So I can only have the smaller ones. I mean, they're cool. But if I could have a giant schnauzer, that shit would be dope. <laughs> but I can't. And it's always weird when I say, no, I'm allergic to dogs. Or like I go to my friend's house and they have dogs or whatever. And I start to like, my eyes turn red and my forehead right here, it gets a little swollen from my sinuses like flaring up. Um, and I like start coughing and itching. And they're like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm allergic to dogs, but I didn't want to say anything because I don't want you to put your dog up because I like dogs and I, I feel bad if you had to put it up just because I was here. And he was like, how are you allergic to dogs? You have a dog. I'm like, yeah, well, there's certain certain dogs you can have. And the other ones are um, Beagles, Jack Russell, or Terriers, and Poodles, and then Schnauzers. And I was like, well, Poodles are assholes. 
I don't. So are beagles. They're, they're ugly ass dogs too. They are. They are. Now there's a Schnauzer and Poodle mix, but I can get the dog because the name of the breed is Schnoodle, and I just don't see myself buying a Schnoodle. <laughs> you have to tell people that it's a Schnoodle. It's like, yeah, I, I got a dog. I got a dog. Like it's bad enough I'm gay, but now I got a Schnoodle. Like I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm asking to get beat up outside the bar, you know, like. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, but those look pretty dope, though. The, the Schnauzer uh, poodle mixes, they look pretty dope, but uh-uh. And then when I first adopted him, his name was Monkey. And it was, uh, it was a, uh, a white couple that was fostering him. They didn't own him. They were just fostering him. And it was like, well, his name is Monkey. And I was like, mm. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. I, I'm black. I, again, I hate to be racist, but, you know, I'm not going to be in public screaming monkey. You know, <laughs> and people looking at me like, like, why are you, why are you yelling at yourself? Like, you know, just. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, we're going to have to change that really quick. So, but yeah, I've had him since 20. 2016, 2015 or 2016 is when I got him. It was like right after BMT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause my mom was living with me and she's my dependent then and she had a dog. But then when I left Texas, my mom went to Chicago to be with my older brother and I went to New Mexico by myself. And then within like six months, actually just quicker than six months, I saw my dog go through like withdrawal and be all depressed and he wasn't eating and he was sad and he was like up under me all the time. I was like, what the fuck? And then my dad was like, well, he doesn't have a companion anymore. And, you know, dogs don't know that you brought to PCS and prepared themselves, whatever, just according to your dog. One day, his companion of 10 years is with him. And then the next day, he doesn't see her anymore. And so he sat. And I was like, okay, well, I'll give him another friend. And then this bitch came in and I was just like, well... I can't fucking stand. It. And then, and then, and then, my dog after in 2020, yeah, 2020. Then my dog passes away. So now I'm stuck with this motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm just like, bitch, I got him for you, and you die on me. Now I got to deal with him by myself. <laughs> <laughs> this <is> bullshit. <laughs> oh man, now you love that dog. What the fuck. No, I do. I love him, but he he definitely is. He definitely does get on my nerves. He get on my nerves so bad, man, so bad. And it's frustrating too, because like I have like two people that I can that can dogs it for me, and they all just like love him. Like he's so obedient, he's so good. Take he's him. So that's what I was saying. Blah And I'm like, no, the fuck, he's not. Like he's Paris at home, and then you guys think it's cute. Like it's not cute, you know. Like it. Like I want to hit him. I have hit him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, you know you've done it. <laughs> I grab him by the like, oh, shut the fuck up. And whenever I grab him like this, and I don't really choke him, choke him, but I like, you know, get his attention, I grab him, and I say, hey, what are you doing? And he'll take his two paws and he'll grab my hand like this. Like, please, daddy, no. <laughs> I feel like a little abuser. I always want more animals, and as soon as we get them, I hate them. Fuck that, man. We have, we have five of them. Three dogs and two cats. Never again. Never again will we have more than one pet at a time. Once these die off, that's it. 
<laughs> he's you just know? counting down and, the days until when there there's one down. Yeah, these are going to be the motherfuckers you know, that last 15 years. They say antifreeze tastes really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried it. They just had the shits. Because <laughs> I'd be looking at him sometime and I'd be like, hit by a car, antifreeze, thrown in the river. I don't like what. What am I doing by this weekend? Because I will fuck you up, kid. I will fuck you up. He yeah. he had like this bad anxiety when I first got him. And so he barked constantly, constantly. And he had food separation. So I had to get one of those food bowls that looked like a like a, a maze. A, a maze mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then even then he would still eat so hard that his gums would start bleeding on the bowl because he was just devouring his food like so much. Damn. Um, he would, I would walk him for 40 minutes, 45 minutes outside and we would come back in the house and he would still go in the corner of my dining room and piss on the floor. And then, uh, he completely destroyed my living room. He ate up my, my couch pillows. He grabbed all the garbage out of garbage can and ripped it all up and it was all over the floor. And then you do have a fucking terrorist dog. He would, he was shit in the kennel cause I was trying to like kennel train him. And he was shit in the kennel. And, you know, most dogs, if they do have accident in the kennel, they're, like, shoved in a corner, like, get away from it. They don't want to touch it. I swear to you, I'm not lying. I would come home from work, and I would look. I can smell the shit as soon as I walked in the door. And he would be in the kennel, literally chilling in it, just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck do I do? I don't know what to fucking do. <laughs> Uh, and then you're about to start but, traveling a lot, aren't you? So what are you going to do with them then? Antifreeze. <laughs> <laughs> it started to sound pretty good. <laughs> no, um, it depends. Um, I'm trying to stay in Phoenix, but I won't find out for like another two weeks where I'm going to be based out of. So... If I'm if I'm based out of like um, Salt Lake City, Seattle, or LA, I'm gonna stay here in Arizona, and then um, my cousin, my brother, and my aunt—they all live in Phoenix, and I'm probably gonna just move up to Phoenix, and so I'll just have dog food if I'm flying. If I unfortunately get like New York or Boston or ugh, like Detroit. Then I will probably move to Chicago because um, I don't want to live in Detroit. I don't want to live in Boston. I don't want to live in New York. But if I move to Chicago, I got a shorter commute to get to work. And again, I just have family, my dad and my mom and stuff that can keep them while I'm in the air. But I'm a little nervous about commuting, though. I hear it's pretty like it's pretty stressful. But what's but, the commute like? Like how long is would it be from there to wherever you need to go? So if I stay in 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 Phoenix, from Phoenix to LA is a 40 minute, 45, 50 minute flight. From Phoenix to Salt Lake City is about an hour to an hour and a half. And then from Phoenix to Seattle, it, at most is two and a half hours. And they're all one leg, so you don't have to like do a change of change of flight or anything like that. So if I have to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then that means like Sunday night, I would just fly to Seattle and then just stay there until I work. And then when I'm done working, I fly back to Phoenix. 
Do you have to pay for your own hotels and stuff for that? It depends. If I'm flying up there the night before to go to work, yes, I'm paying for my own hotel. But if I am on a three-day work trip, then no, they pay for the hotel. Oh, nice. But, yeah, if I'm like, I don't want to, if because the airline, they encourage you. They can't make you. But they encourage and prefer for you to live in base. So if they give me Seattle, their expectations that I move into Seattle. Yeah. So if I decide not to move to Seattle and now I got to fly up a day before and get a hotel, they're like, well, fuck you. We told you to move up here. So <laughs> hotel, that's I mean, on you. I mean, that's fair. Uh, you- it's fair. Like, I'm not even mad at that. But the thing is, they don't pay us. A, they don't pay us enough. Like, we get paid really well, but they don't pay us enough to live in these humongous fucking cities that they're requiring us to move to, mm. you know? Like, if I was a five, ten-year flight attendant, I could probably afford Chicago or afford New York or afford Seattle. But as a brand-new flight attendant, you only get, well, with Delta, you're starting off at $34 an hour, which sounds good, but they're flight hours, not ground hours. Oh. So you don't get so, ground hours? The only, the only Delta's the only airline, though, that pays you for boarding, oh, yeah. which is technically ground hours, but they pay you for the boarding process. But for me to put on a uniform, let's say I, let's say I was stationed or based out of Phoenix. Delta doesn't have one in Phoenix, so that's why that's that's not possible. Let's say I was based out of Phoenix, getting dressed and driving to work. Got it. Not gonna get paid for that. But the minute I set foot in that in that airport, I should be able to clock in and be on the clock. Nope, doesn't work. And then. If I have to go, you know, to the plane and then get the food and prep the galley and do all this stuff, I'm literally working right now, but you're not getting paid for it. And then with all the other airlines, now the passengers are coming on with their bags and their kids and their issues and this and the other. And except for Delta, all the other flight attendants for other airlines, they're not getting paid for that either. No wonder they're we so pissed off paid. in the beginning of the flight. Yeah, that sucks. Huh? I said, no wonder they're so pissed off when you're asking for shit at the beginning of the flight. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, on the clock yet. <laughs> Just sit the fuck down. The clock starts, literally the clock starts when they close the cabin door and the wheel makes its first turn to back away from the gate. That's when the clock starts. It's all flight hours. So how many, so, like, what's the average, how many number of flights will you be doing a day? So according to FAA law, the company can only assign us up to 100 hours, 100 flight hours a month. So that's why I say even though $34 an hour sounds cool, that's only $3,400 before taxes for a whole month. Now, we make up money in other ways, too. But um, the FAA can't, can't, cannot schedule you more than 100 hours at the most. But I can always go in and say, I can take this trip or I can work next weekend or I can do this. I can always give myself more hours. They just can't uh, legally assign you more hours. Uh, do, do you get, get any kind of overtime? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You don't get overtime, but you get per diem. And per diem is two in the states. Per diem is two dollars and fifty cents an hour, and that's for the whole twenty-four hour. So if I leave, let's say I'm stationed out of, I'm based out of Seattle, and I fly to Seattle, and my flight is to Korea, and we're going to be there for two or three days before we fly back. That is two dollars and fifty cents an hour times forty-eight hours. If I'm up there for two days, so that's so you get per diem. So like sixty bucks uh, a day. Yeah, and then. Um, certain positions get paid more. So I start off at $34 an hour, but if I was to get certified as a purser or certified as a lead, 
What does that mean? I get paid thirty five and thirty six dollars an hour starting. Um, What's a purser? A purser purser and a lead are almost the same thing, but the lead is your lead flight attendant, and then your purser is a flight attendant over the lead. But they don't really do anything special. They just they're the ones they're the ones who stay out there to write the report and do everything, take care of all the whatever the mishaps or whatever that's to happen on the flight. Um, at least that's the way I understand it as of now. When I actually start doing it, I'll probably know better. But um, so yeah, if you get certified, also bilingual. Uh, if you're a bilingual, you get paid more, uh, but only on the flights that you're working that require to be bilingual. Gotcha. That makes sense. Are you bilingual? Um, uh, poco español. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All that time in San Antonio, man. San Antonio, and then and then working the 12th Air Force, going down to South America a lot, in Central America. Oh yeah. But that was hard. That was harder because um, my officer was nine of us, all security forces. Even as, even the, the two civilians, they were retired security forces. One was retired lieutenant colonel. One was a retired master sergeant. Um, and then all the rest of us were masters in text. Um, and so there was only two of us that didn't speak Spanish. Uh, and that was me and Sergeant Johnson. And then the other six or seven, they all spoke Spanish, but. Juan Chavez was from Southern Texas, uh, so he spoke one dialect of Spanish. Border town and Spanish. Then, and then, right, and then uh, Liz uh, Waltman, she's from fucking Colombia, so she spoke a different dialect. Fucking Sergeant Peterson, she was from motherfucking Puerto Rico, so <laughs> I never wanted to have a conversation with her. <laughs> Dude, I struggle so. One of my good friends, he's Puerto Rican, and uh, when he speaks Spanish, I'm like, dude, I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> like, I know yep. Spanish, but the yep. way their accent or however they speak, I don't know. Or they chop everything off at the end. Yes. They don't, say, they don't say buenos dias. They go buenos dias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Eddie. Eddie, too. Like, one of uh, our close friends, She uh, she's Puerto Rican, and she was speaking Spanish. I'm like, I, I caught, like, two things that you said. Yeah, we had another one that was from Mexico. One was from Peru, somewhere in Peru. Uh, but they're all airmen, you know, in the Air Force, Texas Master Sergeants. But because of their background, their their Duolingo, they they would get jobs, you know, and work the counterterrorism. Did you just so, say Duolingo? Dual. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like the Duo. app, pushing <laughs> like the app on app, here. Like yeah, Duolingo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, going down to like. Guatemala and Peru and Colombia and Haiti, um, El Salvador. Um, where else did I go? I don't even remember. I don't remember all the places I went. And all, I are all those up. just TDYs? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. And I, you know, I picked it up. Um, but again. So like the last hour in the office, so from like 3.30 to 4.30, they spoke nothing but Spanish. And that's so that me and Cam and anyone else in the office that didn't really speak Spanish a lot, we would just be like in the environment and like soak it up. So they would play nothing but Spanish uh, news TV in the office and then speak 100% Spanish the last hour every day. Um, And I would get frustrated when Peterson would talk to me like, Believe it or not, whenever Waltman spoke and she was from Colombia, I understood her the most. And like, I, I got everything that she was saying. And if I couldn't, or if I didn't know, I was able to like interpret, you know, like be in the ballpark of what she was asking me to do. Peterson, 
I just look at her and I was like, why are you fucking talking to me? Just don't even, say, <laughs> don't even talk to me. Like I would, I would never understand what you're saying. I would never understand what you're saying. And it's sucked because they're saying that bitch is my trainer. But luckily my first mission was to do a counterterrorism uh, evaluation in Jamaica. Thank God. So everybody spoke English. So I didn't have to know this <laughs> But then my homeboy, um, I was like, listen, um, you all are speaking informal to us, but then when I'm down there and we're meeting with military generals and colonels, the the police chiefs, the um, members of um, um, the Board of Health, not the Board of Health, what's it called? Um, like who? You know, those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just down there because it was during COVID. Uh, I'm talking to, you know, people that's in charge of municipalities, like all these important people. So it's all like formal conversations. But then when we're in an office. Y'all talk informal all the time. You say two instead of instead, you know, shit like that. And I was like, so let me get confused. And then I go down there and I, you know, I tend to have conversations with them. And then I kind of get confused because it's weird when they speak to me in Spanish. I understand what they're saying, but I'm not versed enough where I know how to respond in Spanish. So it's like they would talk to me in Spanish and I would know it, but I would respond in English. But luckily they spoke English too, so they would know it. Um, But it was just, it was just weird, you know? And then my homeboy, um, um, Toro, he was like, Hey, I'll just interpret for you. Uh, when we do the airfield assessment, I was like, okay, cool. So I'm thinking because I'm the lead and he's just my, acting as my interpreter that he's going to have a conversation. They kind of relate to me, they have a conversation that kind of relate to me so I can like take my notes too. And instead he had the whole fucking conversation. So I sat there for like 30 minutes and I just went on Facebook. I just got on my phone. I was like, <laughs> you did tap on the show. Like, Hey, what the fuck, man? Nope. I didn't. And then finally later that day, I was like, what are they saying? You're not, you're not telling me what's going on, you know? And he's like, Oh my bad. So then he starts talking to them in Spanish and he would tell me in English. And then at one point he had a conversation with them in Spanish and then he turned to me and he started talking to me in Spanish. And I was like, Tor, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I'm like, this is the dumbest TDY ever. This is stupid. <laughs> but the sites are nice. I got to see the fucking Mayan pyramids. I got to go fucking... Uh, surf well I tried to surf uh, and um, you went into the ocean in El Salvador huh you went into the ocean I did it was really warm Ooh. fuck that I get like ankle deep it's about as far as I go yeah oh no I was dying uh, and they kept like pushing me on the surfboard and like pushing me further out so I could turn around and then ride the waves back in and I could never ride the waves I was standing for like three seconds and get fucking knocked off and that's so tiring on your whole fucking body. Yeah. And they're like, come one more time. Come I'm like, fuck you. And I'm like, just let myself just like float to shore. Cause I was like, I am beat the fuck up. I'm going to drown in like six feet of water. Cause I'm not going to have the energy to like hold my head up. Like this is exhausting. And we did that shit for an hour, but it was my birthday. So I was like, how cool is it on my birthday? I'd be work sent me to El Salvador on my birthday. And I'm sitting here fucking surfing in El Salvador and going back and having fucking traditional fucking food and, staying in like the the cool thing was that they put us in like the top hotels and we were considered Air Force US, style. And, right and we were considered US diplomats so they put us in like the best fucking rooms Ooh, you, about, they were going through all your shit while you were surfing probably. <laughs> the, the counter intel motherfuckers <laughs> probably I had all the important paperwork with me but yeah but um 
it was to the point where we didn't even have to check out. Like the day before checkout, you just get a knock on the door, and it's the 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 tenant from I mean the the clerk from downstairs with like a a mobile thing, and they're like, "You check out now." They come to your room and check you out from your room. Nice. And they just take the credit, the government credit card, and swipe it, and then we sign up the the, the phone, yeah. and they 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 email us a, us a receipt for a for a DTS voucher. And I was like, this room, like whenever we went to Guatemala City, we always stayed in the same hotel. And it had two floors. It had a wraparound balcony. It had a full kitchen. It was like a, it was literally like a, a loft on an apartment. Damn, that's fancy, man. Yeah. Lucky asshole. And then I retired and started doing regular shit. I can do this no more. So why'd you retire, man? Like it sounded like you weren't ready. You were just like fuck it. Oh, I was ready, and I just went to higher tenure because I was going into event planning, hospitality, and yeah. that shit shut down during COVID. So oh, I just really? Stayed. I just stayed until COVID was done, and I hit higher tenure. Like I didn't, I didn't even go for senior, even though I was at twenty three, twenty four years. Yeah, I didn't go for it because I was like, no, because if I make it, then y'all gonna make me wear this shit for three years before I can retire, yeah. and I'm ready to get the fuck out now. So what's the point of even like trying to make senior? I'm literally just waiting until COVID is done, and the hospitality industry opens back up, and I'm out. So I did. I just went to, I went to twenty four. Waited, and it was done. That's it. Do you miss it, man, at all? Nope. N- nice. No, I miss certain parts, like certain things, but I don't miss it. Like the things that I miss about it aren't enough for me to say I would go back and do it again. Like I would not go back and do it again. <laughs> but <laughs> I miss, uh, like, like we hear people talk tell us all the time in the military, like the camaraderie, and we're like, but I hate that motherfucker. I don't talk to that person. <laughs> Like, we don't see the camaraderie, you know, because yeah. we like, everyday life, you know? Like, how many instructions in 326 I could not fucking stand, Oof. you know? And people would have thought that it was just this big brotherhood. And I was like, if that motherfucker hit by a car, I wouldn't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. But on the flip side, once I got out and I started working at this private club as an event director, and I was, so I was one of the directors. I'm, I'm literally, like, club leadership, you know? And it just, it was no camaraderie. It was, it was none whatsoever. And like, you know, starting off, I thought that I can go to another director and say, hey, we got this staff meeting next week. I need, or am I supposed to, or whatever. And then it'd be like, how come you don't know this already? Blah, 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 blah. I'm really busy. Can you come? And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck everyone, you know? And that's, that's when I did notice the difference because you can be a new TI in the, in the squadron and you say, hey, I need this. It's like, cool you know or hey i gotta step on my flight but when i come back meet me in the chow hall and i'll show you how to do whatever you know and it just wasn't like that it was not like that it was like you were wasting their time you were interrupting them i'm busy too i don't have time for you to be the new guy figure the fuck out they threw each other on the bus and staff meetings in front of our general manager you know and if i had a problem with like membership or i had a problem with like the executive chef or his kitchen staff because they didn't do something right with my private party you know, let's say I did your wedding or your your birthday party and something was messed up with the menu that you and I put together as your event, your event planner. I'm going to take it up with the chef and be like, what the fuck is up with your cooks? Because they asked for this and they got that instead and the shit tastes dumb and it was weak or whatever, you know. But they didn't have those sidebar conversations. They brought everything up at the staff meeting in front of the boss. Ooh, and Just to make it look bad, like, huh? Yeah, and I'm just like... 
even if you even if you have to bring it up in front of the boss, you and I should have had a conversation first yeah. about it so that when I hear you talking about it in front of the boss, it's not the first time I know that there was a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just wasn't like that. They threw each other on the bus all the time in front of the boss, all the time. They didn't really help you out. There was like two directors that would help me out. Um, so I, you know, I do, you know, with them. That's cool. But there was like nine of us directors and only two I can go to. And the rest of them, like, I'm wasting their time or I'm irritating them. Then the executive chef came and asked me, he was like, hey, man, how can, uh, how can I help you be better at your job? I was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> What the fuck do you mean? How can you help me better my job? Like I plan events and I send the menu to you, and you you cook the fucking food. Real simple. It's real simple, you know. But you know, I don't know. And he was like, he didn't he didn't explain things. Like he would make the menu, but then he don't say anything. So I come in as a new guy, and it's like, hey, if you want to do the um, the tri tip. You have to have at least, you know, 25 orders or we're not going to do it because it's too much work to do tri-tip for five people. This is too much, especially when you got to order the shit and pay for shipping, pay for the food to get there, prep it. Now I'm prepping this big ass piece, but you only want it for five people. So it's going to be this much. Like, So I understood why there was sometimes a, a limit or a requirement to like how much you can order. But initially he didn't have the shit written down anywhere so when i have a client and they say i want the tri-tip and i'm like well how many people in your party and it's like 15 or 20 and i'm sending it up to the kitchen he's getting mad because it has to be at least 25 and i'm like just fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> like if they're willing to fucking pay for it and it's food left over that's on them that's on them yeah but if they're willing to pay for a tri-tip for 10 people but they're going to order 25 servings, then fucking do it, you know? Or if I say it's not 25 servings, it's 20. Just fucking go with it because guess what? I'm the goddamn event director and I'm trying to get their money and bring their money to the club. So, and I have the luxury to give discounts on things or to wave this or wave that, you know, kind of like butter them up, you know? So if I'm about to take them to the fucking max on fucking linen, decorations, liquor and alcohol i'm about to charge them out the ass for a cake and this and the other so who gives a fuck if i let them get away with getting 20 servings of tri tip instead of 25 fucking do it just fucking <laughs> bro. it was it was very nervous but he ended up getting fired i quit he ended up getting fired no shit and brought up on sexual assault charges with one of our servers oh crap <laughs> just bad news all around <laughs> yeah yeah and then, so then I started enforcing what he wanted with the with the menu. So then the Tucson Police Department was having like their fiftieth something or something anniversary, and it was it looked like a their version of like an Air Force ball, really, you know? Yeah. Or or annual award ceremony, you know? And um, one of the sergeants that was in charge of putting together was this big titty blonde chick, and she was like, "I want this," and I was like, "No, but we can offer you that." And she's like, "But I want that," and I was like, "I understand, but our chef has the menu set up a certain way, and so this is what's available." What you're looking at was an old menu. This is a newer menu. And that's it. And then she's like, well, I want to talk to the chef. And I was like, you can feel free to talk to the chef. So we're up in the club and we're doing a tour of the space. And just so happened, the chef walks by. And she's in her police uniform, but it's tight. So her titties are like this, right? <laughs> and she's like, chef. And he was like, okay, yeah, what do we do? And I was like, <laughs> 
Fucking old horny bastard. Now I look like the dick because I'm enforcing what you told me to enforce. And then you go ahead and give this big titty bitch a fucking freebie. And now she's looking at me, her actual event planner, like I'm the fucking bad guy. Thank you. Thank yep. you a lot for that. Go fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. So I only lasted that job for like 10 months. And then I just quit. I was like, I quit. Uh, I can't do this. Yeah, it'd be difficult to deal with. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, you post or like a video or commercial that you made. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the news. That's actually where I did my retirement ceremony. Oh, okay. Nice. To rent that space out and to order the food I ordered and have the decorations I did, I should have been at $40,000 at cost. What the fuck? You know how much I did for my retirement ceremony, though? 4000 4000 10%, man. Oh, 4000 And then, like, literally the next month, this fraternity want to have a 50-year, 60-year fucking reunion. And I sold that space for $35,000. There's just a space alone that wasn't going over the decorations, the food, the entertainment, the equipment that we have to, that we have to um, sell them as well. Yeah. Just the space by. So just to say, I want this room, they were starting at $35,000. Damn. And I just made commission off of that. Damn, it's pretty fancy. So if you ever need a party or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a simple guy. I just keep it to a fucking backyard barbecue. That's about it. I can even, I can even spruce that bitch up. <laughs> I bet you can, motherfucker. <laughs> Promise. It was cool, though, because I was the only black, only black director. Only other director. The general manager was a dude. The white guy, the director of restaurants was a white guy. Uh, the executive chef was a white guy, and then all the other directors were females, but they were all white females. And then it was me. So possibly opening up some doors. Possibly, but once I quit, I did nothing for like four months, and then June fifth is when I start start training with Delta Airlines. Nice. For six weeks, it's like it's almost like the same as like going to tech school. I feel like I'm going to tech school over again. I do, because even while you're in training, they give you a roommate in the hotel. Oh, really? So, so it's legit training. Room. They're gonna make you have a bunk and all that shit. That's weird. Yep. They get they always get a double uh, hotel room with two beds. Ah. I'm about to have a roommate for six weeks. I cannot. <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. I don't need no roommate. I already, I already told myself I can see myself on a Saturday or a Sunday, like going down to the front desk and maybe like, hey, y'all have a room and just like rent a room out on like another floor, like <laughs> just so I can have just, you know, yep. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, unless my roommate cute. My Yeah, you might get lucky, man. Maybe. I saw the people I got hired with, though. and <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I could put this on video, too. Have your facial expressions <laughs> would be so perfect. <laughs> I got to figure that shit out. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, that fucking, those people. You know, it was a couple of, it was a couple of. What do you mean, those guys. people? <laughs> 
those people I was getting hired with. <laughs> no, when I went, when I was going through the hiring process with American, it was a couple of good looking guys in my in my group uh, for the interviews and stuff like that. Uh, but with Delta, I was like, Lord mercy. <laughs> I can't even be a hoe these days. Ain't nobody be a hoe with these days. <laughs> uh, I'm out here trying to be a hoe, and I can't even be. I can't even find nobody to be a hoe with. It's stupid. You're a fucking clown, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think this is a good place to wrap it up, man. We're coming up. I think we just passed an hour. Oh, did we? Uh, yeah. It flies by every single time. Yeah. And then I can go finish packing then. I was packing. I don't leave to Tuesday, but I was packing because tomorrow uh, I know I'm going to be a little busy getting other stuff done. So I wanted to get my packing out of the way today because my plane takes off Tuesday at 6.15 in the a.m. Why did I do that? I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. I don't know. Less people? That's too damn early, though. I think it was the time that I would arrive in Orlando because every flight was a layover. And I think at 6.15 departure, I would get to Orlando around like 3, 3.30. Hmm. I think if I had left Tucson later, I wouldn't have gotten to Orlando to like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Gotcha. I think that's why I did it. I think that's why Pass Me did what he did. <laughs> you can't trust Pass Me, <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker's shady. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. All right, yeah, man. Well, catching up. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on here. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, yeah whenever, whenever you figure out how to get it, get yourself a YouTube channel or something, <laughs> and get it figured out, and start posting shit. I come on here and I'm gonna act the ass. I'm a curse. I, I, I love it, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I told my trainee. He was like, well, "Sir, I'd love for you to be on my podcast." I was like, "I'd love for you to keep your." Um, your ratings up and you might get fine <laughs> because I'm a curse. This could go like, in any direction. <laughs> that's, I know. He said, like, that's what I want. And I was like, well, I'm going to give you what you asked for. Then. That's some... <laughs> but he was asking me like, who were your influences? And is there anything about being a drill instructor that you didn't like? And blah, blah, blah. So I felt like it was like a more like professional type thing. Mm, so I kept yes, the curse yes. to a minimum. Nah, you should have thrown the fucks and the shits all in that place. This bitch just ran in here with a taco on his mouth. <laughs> A little stuff taco. He just ran here happy as shit too. Uh, I guess he's guessing him saying he wants me to play with him. Yeah, shit. I'm packing, bitch. We'll play tomorrow. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. We gotta do this again and catch up some more, man. Yeah, absolutely. We gotta do it soon too. We gotta do it. We gotta do it before June 5th because once I go to training, I'm probably not gonna ever be available. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That works, man. And then after you have a few stories under your belt, when uh, you become a flight attendant, start yeah. doing it. Oh, real quick, I know I know you're trying to get off, but one of my old, one of my other trainees from a different flight, he was a flight attendant, and he wrote a book about it. No and shit. And when I was and when I left BMT and I was deployed, he sent me a care package, and he had an autograph uh, version, a signed autograph copy of his book. Nice. About about being a flight attendant, but I can't get it now because. I'm staying at my friend's house because I was going to be moving and now I'm not until I figure out what it basing me out of. So all my shit is in storage. Do you remember what the book's called? Nope, but I got them on social media so I can I can look at it. It's something flying with flying eyes closed or something like that. I don't remember. But I'll look it up. I got it on Facebook. Yeah, shoot me the link if, uh, if you find it. I will. 
All right, man. I'm right, mom. All right, homie. I'll talk to you later then. All right. We'll see you, man. Later. Later. For everybody listening, don't forget to go and check out the website over at uh, www.villehousepodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter and stay up to date with uh, all the podcasts that we put out and the blogs that I put out uh, coming out on a weekly basis. Um, also, head over to our Facebook page, like that, follow that, heart everything that uh, we put out just to support your boy, the podcast. Um, also, if, you, if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a five-star review and continue to help us grow this podcast. Appreciate y'all. See y'all next week. Later.